morning, everyone. Oh, my goodness. In this hour, I want you all to feel your heartbeat. Now, raise your eyes. Look to the horizon as far as you can see this morning and never look back. (laughs) Never look back. This royal goddess I'm about ready to introduce to you, mind you, I've known her for 20 plus years, maybe longer, (laughs) boots you to safety. That's B-O-O-T-S. Quickly and gently directs you through deep transformation while you're still be laughing in the process. Joyfully, I have in the studio with me Joyce Ann Pierce, and she works and she plays and works and plays by piercing belief systems, and they will simply melt before your very eyes, increasing your self-esteem and effectiveness in the world you want to play in. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm your host, Taz Powers. So, listeners, turn up your radio dials, and you'll be able to play with us right here in the studio today. We have Joyce Ann. Joyce Ann, you are continuously developing ways to ease others into a playful way of igniting their best selves. And from way back, 20 plus years ago, I was in your living room. You led me through the process of seeing myself compiling a book, which I actually published in two years. And it started with that session I had with you. And our listeners are going to be just as excited as I am by the end of the show. Welcome, Joyce Ann. Fun is definitely on our agenda today. Thank you so much. I have a few things I want to share with the um, listening audience. I want to talk about goal setting and year of the horse. And then I want to talk a little bit about Louise Hay's book, Colors and Numbers, and talk about the year 2014 and how we reduce that to a single digit and what that means in relation to year of the horse. Can I, can I intercede in just a second? I want people to know you. Okay. I want I want people to know you. I you have a fun technicolor kind of way of getting people involved and stretching their capabilities. I I want to know as a child were you always like this? I saw a picture of me as a little girl and there was a family picture and I was the one with the skirt and I was holding it out and I thought that's me. I was, you know, a little queen then probably from very familiar times. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm Aries. And I'm actually a horse in the Chinese astrology. So that is moving forward. Good year. It is a good year. To be a horse in a horse year is really excellent. (laughs) Okay. So you'd like to start with the astrology part of it. I'd like to talk about Year of the Horse because it's going to be 12 more years before it comes around again, and there's such positive traits around the horse. The horse is like the wheel. Before the horse, how did we get around? I guess we walked. The cart? Yeah. <laughs> the cart? No, a horse yeah, pulled the cart. Yeah, but that a person pulled, pulled that, us. right? Right, and, exactly. But we didn't have the wheel then, or maybe we did. But the wheel and the horse were changes for the planet as far as how we get to places. And, you know, growing up, all those cowboy shows that were on, they were on radio, and they always had the horse. I mean, it was, you know, Roy Rogers and Gene Autry, and it was all about the horse. And now we're taking those 
traits of the horse. We're applying them since January 31st to this year, 2014. So let me just tell you some traits, starting with the horse, and then I'll get into 2014. So activity, moving forward, energetic, independent, quick, clever, charming, positive attitude toward life, good communicators, always success in mind, and stubborn in pursuit of goals. Exceedingly witty, they're impulsive. So that's a wonderful combination of traits to take into the year 2014. Now let's do a little bit of Louise Hay. So she has um, reduced everything to a single digit. So we're going to take the universal year, 2014, add those numbers up and come up with a number single digit. Two and one is three and four is seven. That's how we get seven. That's the single digit of 2014. So in her book, Colors and Numbers, she starts out with one, new beginnings, and the nine is the completion. Because then when you get to ten as a single digit, it's a one again. One to nine. And in that spectrum... This year, the universal year, is a seven, and seven is an inner year. It's what am I doing? I'm looking at my life, me, in my cycle. It's, it's thinking about my bigger place. What am I doing for me, and what am I doing on the planet, and where am I going with that? So unlike the horse, it's about contemplation and I would recommend meditation. When you come to some sorts of where you are and what your bigger movement is, then you can take those traits from the horse and move forward with them. So I wanted to go over where the one to nine comes from and what the word is for each number. One is new beginnings. Two is um, cooperation, patience. Three is enjoyment. Four is practical. Five is change. Six is responsibility, home and family. Seven is faith. That's the year that we're in as a universe. Um, Eight is achievement, manifestation, and nine is completion. So if you want to know where you are individually as a person in the scheme of things as opposed to or in addition to how you are on the universal year, you take your birth day and month, reduce it all to single digits, and then you take seven from 2014. So you add day, month, and the year, universal year. So, Paula, let's do yours. I mean, sorry, Taz, let's do your numbers. Give me your birthday and month. Yeah. Um, May. Okay, so that's five, single digit. Uh-huh. 20. So that's two digits, but we're going to make it two. We're going to reduce that to one digit. Okay. And then we're going to take seven, which is 2014. Two and seven is nine, and five is 14. 
four and one is five. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go over where that is. So one is new beginnings. The color is red. The the stone that she uses is ruby. I also use garnet. So five years ago, you started a garden, whether you knew about it or not. And then two is orange and moonstone. And it's the seeds are under the ground now. We don't go digging them up to make sure they're working. We're just patient. Not a lot of people are patient. Oh. But that word is... <laughs> You know, that's a, that's a little bit of a trying year because most people have to work through that. Uh, the third year, the seeds have come up off the ground, and they're showing up, and the color is yellow, and the gemstone is topaz, and the key word is enjoyment. Okay, green is for four, emerald and jade, practical. Now, I'm in a four-year, personal year. And practical to me means work. So I'm doing my weeding this year. Blue is five. Turquoise and aquamarine are your gemstones. Key word is change. I'm actually going to read that for you. It is such a good thing that she writes up for change. Oh, here she goes again. Okay, wait. Let me finish (laughs) it and then I'll come back to you. Okay. Um, Six is indigo, navy blue. And the um, the stones that she uses is sapphire and lapis. She uses responsibility. I also use home and family. Seven, which we're in for a universal year, is purple, violet, and amethyst. And the key word there is faith, being an inner year, looking at who we are and what we're doing here. Eight, beige, brown, pink. The gemstone is diamond. The key word is achievement and manifestation. All the things that you did in that one year, you're now coming to fruition in the eight year. So really important. Well, five is really important too. And the nine is completion. And it's all pastels and it's opal and gold. And completion means that you've completed that cycle. That's not a good year to start new relationships as far as love relationships. You can start them, but they won't last. It's also a good time to clean out and get ready because the cycle begins once again that next year as a one. So, Taz, I want to read five for you, change. Freedom and change are in the air. The crop is growing. After all your work last year, You deserve a vacation. Let this be your year to dress up. Put your best foot forward. Drop the routine. Discard old ideas. Do something unusual. Be different this year. Get out and experience life in a new way. A great year to learn a new language or experience life in a new place. Make changes in yourself, your home, your lifestyle, your business. Make sure these changes benefit others, which you can't not do. You are that. See as many people as you can, so you want to get out and about. Look for good surprises. 
Don't throw all caution to the wind. Be active, not restless. This can be a very satisfying year. So your change, your personal year, is change in a universal year of faith. So let's go and read that for the whole audience because everybody's affected by that one. This is an inner year. The fruit is just beginning to show on the vine, and we must have faith it will ripen. Take time for reflection, study, and self-analysis. Spend lots of time alone and use it constructively. Now, that's in the universal year, Taz. That's not you. You're to be out and about. So you have to take some time during the day, every day, and reflect and make conscious choices and movements. Analyze your thoughts and actions. What would you like to change about yourself? The number seven always reveals things we normally do not see. Look over your life. This is an inner year for growth and preparation. Don't reach out and try to force things. Let things come to you. Meditate. Be introspective. Leave the social life for another time. You may travel to learn more about yourself. This is a spiritual year. Allow your soul to grow. That's for everyone on the planet. And then you have your own personal year in the universal year. Then when you have all of that put together, you're going to take the traits of the horse and you're going to move forward. Very positive year. It blends very well with five, with your year of change. Well, I'll take that. (laughs) You know, you... You call you now call yourself a spiritual coach, and I call you a spiritual heart coach. That's H-E-A-R-T. I, I do because you work with people. You inspire them. You empower them. You, you allow them to see beyond where they can see at the moment, and you lead them there. It's, it's very great. But for you, tell me, the... Yes, I can succeed, coach. (laughs) Tell me, what does that spiritual coach mean to you? So my business is heart-based because I'm heart-based. And that's where I use the word spiritual. I have a ministry, and I take my ministry out in the world every day. And I work that ministry one-on-one with my clients and if they or in workshops. But I'm very, very... um, based in compassion and sensitivity. I think it's critical when you work with someone to come from that place. And although goal setting is about analyzing and figuring out how you want to take things into the future, a lot of people are healing, and they're healing from past pain. Um, Early on in life, some event that came up and is troubling them, and they need to see it from another perspective. I always look at things from the larger picture. I step above and I listen to what they're saying, and then I think, hmm, I wonder what happened in the past that would bring this event about and what they need to do now to make a shift to take the energy and move some healing or and some movement into the future. So it's almost like I look over their life and I... A lot of times I'll think, 
there must have been some pre-life agreement because these circumstances are so extraordinary. Sometimes the stories are so phenomenal, I think, this has got to be the truth. Nobody would make something like this up. It's kind of like reality TV. I'm going, oh, my word. So what do you do with that information? And so when you look over a large perspective of time, it's much easier to see how you can chunk it down, deal with it, heal from it, and take that information and move forward. I, I think <clears throat> excuse me, I think what I really loved when you worked with me was that it was a playful thing. You know? It, it, it didn't really seem like work. It it allowed me to to you were so creative in the process that it that it led up to that things I hadn't even thought about. I, you know, like well, when you make it, you're going to be speaking before people. <laughs> and what are you going to be wearing? What are you going to be doing this? You're to, you know, you took the picture to develop the picture. You you elaborated on everything. You made it fun. You played with it. You, you're always laughing. It is like really looking at life in, a, in such a spiritual, fun kind of way that, you know, you want to go forward. You want to look at things in that way and step a higher octave. So, Taz, remember, we were doing goal setting for you. We were looking at your picture, and we were coming up with a plan. Yeah. So there, was, there wasn't basically healing. It's like, what am I going to take with this and put it together and take it forward? And then, you, you know, we were talking about the book. But it was a healing. It was? Yeah, it was a healing in that when somebody gets stuck and can't see before oh, yeah. you, you know what I mean? That is a healing. That is an opening. That is a vortex that opens and allows someone to be able to um, their, free their imagination, okay? And so even in the workshops that, that I've been with you, that's what it does. It Literally, and then you have other people there, you know, and they come up and they go, oh, I never thought of that. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, triggering things that that it's just, uh, it multiplies it, you know, get your pen and paper out. Yeah, and sometimes in a workshop, you know, you have group interaction, and then other people are stimulated to also be creative. Yeah. Um, not everybody looks at it like you did because you're a very high conscious person as a healing. They might just look at it like, oh, wow, she just helped me through this little blip or whatever. Um, but you're right, it is a healing. But once you, have, once you make that process one process, then you can add it to other processes. Absolutely. You know. So for me, that was like, okay, take time out to look at something beyond, you know, and um, no matter what it might be, maybe it's just relationships or maybe it's, you know, <laughs> doing your budget or whatever. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, that kind of involvement because it applies to everything. You know, I've got a, a workshop coming up called, well, I just call it Spring Equinox. And the way I do it is, we write down our list of things that we want to let go of or that we feel is no longer useful in our life. So that's the release list, and that's the list we're going to burn. 
But before we burn it, we're going to write our instead list. And for people who feel pretty good and they don't have a lot of private things on there, or they do and they feel comfortable in the group, we'll share it. We'll share the burn list because somebody else may have forgotten. Oh, I have that too. <laughs> I want to make sure to burn that. I hadn't thought of that. And But we always take every item that we're burning and we put it on the replace list so that we're very conscious, making conscious choices all the time. And then we individually go over to the fireplace, burn that list, and then when all the lists are burned, you can actually feel the room lighten up and there's an energy change. Then we um, share our instead list so people can put, oh, wow, that's good. Yeah, I hadn't thought of wording it that way. And then I do a guided visualization. I do everything for 90 to 120 days. I like to chunk it down because when you make long-term goals, not that there's anything wrong with that, but a lot of things can change. And you have a lot more control over 90 days. And you think of what can I really accomplish and what's my stretch in that period of time that I can work with um, versus looking out at a five-year picture. A million things can happen in five years. <laughs> and in the blink of an eye, all you need is well, sometimes it's an accident. And I've had two of those um, in the blink of an eye. Things changed. And they were bizarre, right? And I wound up getting surgery on both of them. So my life changed for that period of time. And I wasn't planning on that. That was not in my goals. But things happen. Life happens as you're going about doing your daily things and working toward your future. But I think all the time you should be conscious and think of if when you do 90 days, you can see the results. You can see it on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, and you can be working toward it. might not happen exactly in 90 days, but a lot of times it will happen in 120. So I'm very big on um, 90 to 120 days and looking at what you can accomplish and where that takes you into the year and into that month and what season is it. And how will that affect the people around you? Yeah. What And what are you willing to give? We're all here on this planet, I believe, with a purpose to give something, to give back, to contribute in a way to make a difference. It's hard sometimes for people to see what they can give. You know what I mean? It, it really is. And um, <clears throat> And the really fun part is, you get to come back when you do it 90 days or 120 days. You get to come back and it, because you don't take the time out at home to do it. Exactly. Ugh. I mean, you know, how many people do that? You know, you get caught up in everything. So you get to come back and spend a couple of hours in an evening or during the day and allow yourself um, to forget about everything else <laughs> and you're, you know, around you. And then... You know, so that time, and then you can take it home and rethink it again for another week or two, and then, and then you're back again online. And so it's a continuous, it's a behavioral pa pattern. Right, and every season brings something new, right? And if you can look at it in 90 days, and there's something that's maybe not going right, you can make a change, and you've got another opportunity four times a year yeah. to make changes and to look at things and reflect. What would I like to let go of? What would I rather have instead? Now, you give work 
workshops and well, I always lectures. do the the quarter the the quarterly workshops. It's, it's right now it's spring equinox. It'll be summer solstice, fall equinox, and then winter solstice. Okay. Yeah, and then um, yeah, and do you, you have one coming up? Do you next Thursday? Next Thursday is actually spring equinox. So, what kind of event is that? Um, that's the burning. Oh. That's where we're going to write down our list. And I don't want anybody to do it beforehand. I want them to do it at the meeting <laughs> where, you know, everybody's right there together. I allow time, put on some music, and give people time to write their list. Then we share that list. And that's when other people go, oh, yeah, I want to add that to my list too. Okay, just to let people know, your name is Joyce Ann Pierce. And that's right. P-I-E-R-C-E. And your website is www.yesicansucceed.com. Yes. Oh, I love that one. And if you want to give her a call, it's 408-292-7430. And again, yes. one more time, 408-292-7430. All right. You have the upcoming workshop. But what if somebody can do that? Do you still do individual sessions with oh, people? Oh, absolutely. You know, that's where everybody or a person gets my full total attention, and that's where the creativity could really come in on an individual basis because we're all going through usually something. If not now, it'll come up. And to be on top of it. So I'll, a lot of times I'll work with people on, um, well, if they're healing from something in the past, in this lifetime, from their childhood, I usually suggest inner child work. And that's, talk about creative, oh my word. That's when we go back and we make up a whole new story. It takes about seven or eight sessions, and I have to say that the first three or four sessions is very, um, the left brain is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I make, now I'm great about making up stories. So And then I want them to participate. And not everybody participates right away because they think, this can't possibly be true. I'm just making this up. But by the fourth session, the left brain kind of goes away and it says, well, whatever this is, I really like it. And then we jump in together. And I take tons of notes and I suggest people go home and embellish those notes, add to them, and make up a story I have all sorts of assignments of books to read of healing the past because when you can take whatever healing needs to happen, apply it, you're going to go into the future as a totally different person. And the whole basis behind inner child work is high self-esteem. And when you have high self-esteem, you walk out into your world a different person. Sometimes people just do not realize that they have a choice to create exactly a, a, a vision. And um, I think they intuitively know. They do. They do. Yeah. Once they can let go, we're, you know, first of all, we're in Silicon Valley. And <laughs> it's very left brain. So the right brain person has to figure out how am I going to make a living here? How can I use my arts and my skills and make a living here? So artists might do graphic design. Um, it's really great if you can actually be an artist and paint and sell it and make a living. But the mind, you know, when you can tap into the imagination, that makes all the difference in the world. 
and it will set up a whole new future for you. Imagination's the key. Yeah, it really is. And do you still do CDs for people so that they can take it? I do. I call those intention programs. Okay. And um, what the what, how we handle that is it's a coaching program where we get together individually and we look at five areas. Always we start with health because without your health, what's the point, right? Then we go into relationships. Um, personal relationships, how you relate to the world, how you relate to the people around you. And then we go into business. Are you in business for yourself or do you work for a company? And what control you have over that? And then we go into a social life because if you're an entrepreneur, you're not really spending much time socially. You know, you're networking and that's your social life. (laughs) And, you know, it's almost 24-7. You're never not thinking about your work. And we try to build in. And when I work with couples, if they aren't doing date night, that's an assignment. Also, they have a separate thing where it's communication night, which is not date night. And I allow them an hour for that, and they can't do that in their home. So they come to you and do it there, or they no, come they have to No, they have to go out together, but they can't do communication night in their home. And I prefer that they do date night out and about. Um, then we do spirituality, which is, I have a lot around spirituality, about becoming the spiritual being. You know, we're spiritual entities having human experiences. So it's pulling in that spirituality and being conscious about it and hearing about it. And the the CD's about eight to ten minutes. You have no idea. It takes six hours to create that based on the script because it's all in affirmation form. Get the wording down. Get the concepts down. Put it in affirmation form. When you listen to it enough, then it becomes intentional. You want to bypass the conscious mind. You want to move into the unconscious mind so that you become and feel and do and be what is on this program. And I give heavy-duty assignments on how often people should, when they first get the CD, the first week I ask them to listen to it a 100 times. Now, I'm not saying that they listen to it a hundred times because they usually lose count. That's a lot of times, right? But um, the point of that is you're to listen to it a lot. And then the second week they can listen to it 50 times. And then the third week they can listen to it 30 times. And then after a while, the person who has the CD is going to be speaking the words with me. They're going to anticipate the next thing because now it has become a program for them. You know, Coca-Cola... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm going, how about if you put it on while you're sleeping? You can do that. <laughs> because you'll go to sleep to it, right? Yeah, right. You're yeah. Going to sleep oh, and there. everybody should go to sleep to it. Two most important times of the day is the last 30 minutes before you go to sleep. So you can put it on, and then you'll probably fall asleep before it's over. And then waking up to it, you know, setting it somehow that as soon as the alarm goes on, that next 30 minutes is the next most important time. Then when you're out and about and you're doing your work in the world or traveling from here to there, 
um, going from one appointment to the next, or running errands, and you're listening it into the ca- in the car or in your vehicle, it doesn't matter that you hear it because your unconscious mind will hear it because you're busy driving, right? And that's the best time to escape that left brain yeah, and to bypass right the conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all about knock, all knock, about knock. Are you there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's repetition. And what I wanted to say, the thing that I remember about Coca-Cola is that they do their ads to um, music. Yeah. And um, when then you start humming the song, and somehow the Coca-Cola thing is in your mind. You just know that's Coke. You know, the the all of their ads. I went through a bunch of their ads. But remember, I'm, I want to teach the world to sing oh, yeah. in perfect harmony yeah. and create a home and a family for the world. And it shows people all over the world coming in on that song. So it's about sending the message of Coca-Cola out to the world through music. I put music in the back of the uh, intention programs. So when they hear the music, they can automatically tune into the message. You know, that's excellent. You know, it's like... Uh Eating the best kind of food with well, it's it's making a conscious decision. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a good way to goal set. It's unusual, and it works. And all you have to do, because of the time that it takes to create it, um, it's very important to listen to it. And then usually there you start manifesting anywhere from thirty days to three months. Well, then we, I, you know, I chunk it down. What do you think you can do and three or four months. Well, what's really good is your voice is really low in it. Um, I know. I try to do a cheerleader voice on my CDs. You know, the CDs are about um, being your cheerleader in the car because my default is always hypnotherapy. Yeah. And then, you know, that's something to go to sleep with. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, I can remember listening to it and, um, you know, it was... Each time you would go back in, I, you you actually love listening to it. I mean, it's like, I, oh, yeah, here's my vision again. My sometimes, you know, when you get in the car, it's the, if you have the CD in, it'll automatically start playing, you know. So, And I call attention. I use your name. So I'm calling attention to you immediately. So... Literally, let's see, are you um, willing to give our listeners any kind of discount if they're Absolutely. 25% off anything they want to do with me. Okay. I think they might like to know that. And again, um, Joyce Ann's website is yesicansucceed.com. Oh, man, that's an easy one. and. It is easy. Yeah, it is. There's a, um, on my website, every now and then I get inspired, and I write something because my um, my manager has me write now. It took me two years to get to that place, but now I do it, and I do a blog. And um, I have all my blogs on my website of all the things that I had wisdom about and insight. So that's kind of a fun, just to go to the blogs. And then all the events are on there, too, and my background do you have time to do do one for yourself? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
you take out that time to do it. I do. But you have the ongoing classes, so you're probably writing them along with everybody else, huh? I do, yeah. I yeah. was going to say. Yeah, you know, it's it's 24. When, when you work in the world as a healer, you're always kind of on. You know, it's kind of a big deal to shut down and go to sleep. Yeah. And I think some of the best things, I always ask my guides before I go to sleep, you know, if there's something I need to know, would you just bring it to my attention in the morning? And then, you know, all of a sudden this insight will come, something that maybe I didn't even think about, and I go, thank you, because it was something that I needed to know. Yeah. You know, I think people kind of forget that. They forget that they Oh, yeah, and it's all available. Because we're in a free will universe, they must ask. You have to ask your guidance to to give you what it is that you know or don't know. You know, you just have to say, tell me what I need to know for the morning. Or put it in front of me. Put those people in front of me that I need to meet, that I can help and make their lives better. Because when you come on the planet to do good work, you've come to make a difference. And how do you, how do you make a difference? What do you do for people? And what events do you set up that helps people? It's very important. You know, it's like uh, <laughs> people will say, okay, God, give me, give me uh, a message, you know. And, uh, and they think, oh, but God never gives me a message. What's going on here? And then all of a sudden there's thunder and lightning and, and they said, oh, well, that's nice. But, you know, God, give me a message. You know, and then all of a sudden there's a huge bright light that appears in the sky and boom, look, a a falling star. And you go, wow, isn't that cool? Yeah, but God, I need a message. (laughs) You know, they forget all of these little things that kind of pop into your life. Those are messages. And sometimes they're very subtle. You'll just get a thought, especially if you lose something and you you want to know where it is, you have to say, okay, in the next couple of days, or right away, I'd like to find my glasses. I don't know where they are. Just help me find my glasses. And somehow, you'll go to a place, or you'll do something, you'll look at a place that you hadn't thought of, and you'll find your glasses, or whatever else that you're looking for. It's, It's very subtle. A lot of it will come as a thought. And you just know that's something that you've been asking for. It Sometimes it doesn't come at the time you're asking it. This is like at the beginning when you said, <clears throat> excuse me, being an impulse. You said being a horse, that's yeah. what they call it, an impulse. But I also think impulsiveness is like being in the moment, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Okay? It's like, oh, I really want to do that. And then sometimes people put that off. Yes. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Yes. It's like, oh, where they should write it down and say, okay, i got to do this. You know what I mean? And um, so that impulsiveness is part of the creativeness. It is. It's it part is. of, oh, God, give me a message. Yes. <laughs> yes. You act were act given, on those messages. Yeah. Don't let them go. Yeah. And they happen fast. Sometimes those messages will come very fast. I put notes in my phone so that I don't forget, and then I put the timer on to remind me. 
Um, oh, and I think, oh, thank goodness I have this on the phone. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. A phone message. So, Paula, I wanted to talk a Taz. little. Taz. I'm sorry. <laughs> Taz, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, the, it's called random acts of kindness, but I want to call them conscious acts of kindness. And I want to do a challenge for your audience. Oh, God. I um, spoke today at one of my networking groups because I was practicing this presentation. And I gave it all to them, and I think there were about 20 of them. And if you would make a conscious effort on a daily basis, so this program is going to be over with at noon. So if you take from noon till midnight and you make a conscious effort to do 10, so this is not a light assignment, 10 actions that would make the world a better place. Now, let me give you a for instance. If you see someone without a smile, give them one of yours. That's easy, right? And most people are not smiling. And when you make a conscious effort to smile at someone, you have no idea. It could shift their day. Most people are not smiling. So I told the group today to use it also in traffic. What a place for a challenge. (laughs) Oh. I mean, the traffic here in Silicon Valley is unbelievable. And people are not courteous. I think if you can be courteous on the road, and it would take a lot of people being courteous to change things, but one action that you could take is to let a person from another lane move in front of you, but consciously do it. Leave the space and then wave your hand so they know that you are consciously letting them into that space. And then when someone lets you in a space, you know, you're changing lanes because you're running out of space and you've got to be in that lane. People are right next to each other. It's like right in front of each other. When when they acknowledge you and, and let you in, then you need to wave and thank them. That's a small gesture, but it's courteous. We need to get back to manners like we're brought up right. And there's many, many opportunities when you're driving to be nice on the road. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like you want to shout and say, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, just getting into a lane. Oh, yeah. Because accidents happen pretty easily, and it's a lot of times people, and they're always looking forward. It's not like they're looking (laughs) around to let you in. So you make that effort. You be the first one to let somebody in. Wave your hand and let them in. And then hopefully they'll let you know thank you by their wave to you. That's just being friendly. And smile when you do it. Well, you know, there's lots of opportunity in Silicon Valley. Yes, there's many opportunities. <laughs> to do that one. But, you know, you could take it a step further. You could be at a restaurant, and there could be a family or an older couple sitting near you, and you could just ask the waitress if you could pay their bill. And I have somebody in one of my groups that does this in the restaurant that we meet in every Thursday. He pays for somebody's bill, and he does it anonymously. He wow. doesn't, you know, he doesn't go over and say, I'm picking up your bill. He just says something to the waitress, and she just says, a gentleman has just paid your bill. And you know that makes somebody stay. Uh, uh, yeah. 
that's a stuttering. <laughs> that's a nice thing to do. And I'm yeah. not saying you need to do that every day, but there might be some kind of movement, some kind of feeling that you have within you yeah. that you, you're just moved to do that. And we could probably all afford to do that. But if you would actually count 10 items, starting with smiles, letting in people, oh, and put on your blinkers when you're changing lanes. How is that for being courteous? Then the people behind you and around you know that you want to switch lanes, and maybe you're going to switch them anyway. Please let people know. I think that with people not putting on their blinkers, I think that should get a ticket. <laughs> and I think if people are more conscious, in, I think there would be less accidents. I think, I think that this is a very heavily populated people into their own worlds, this area, um, and all big cities probably too. And if you can expand out of your own personal world and accommodate other people by small gestures, it doesn't take much. Yeah. So I want to talk about your listeners. Do it, so if they would do it ten times today, and if they would actually carry this out through the end of the month. And I asked my group this morning, because when you get enough people making these little gestures, they all of a sudden add up until it's mass consciousness, and that's what it's going to take to make a change. So I was using the example of the hundredth monkey. So there's a monkey in Hawaii, and he picks up his coconut, and he decides for some reason to go over to a stream and rinse off his coconut. And there's another monkey around that notices that. So he goes over, and he washes his coconut. And then there's a group of monkeys that are doing this. And all of a sudden, in South Africa, there's a monkey who picks up a coconut and walks over to a stream. It's the butterfly effect. It means that you can actually make a difference in another piece of the planet, in another part of the country, in another country. When there's enough people, it just spreads over. And that's how you make good things happen in an ordinary life. Wow. Now, I... I personally want to ask our listeners okay. if somebody, if that, if that you work forward and you do this, I'd like you to give Joyce Anna a call and tell her the story. I would like to hear that. Then you can create a book. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Yeah, there's some fabulous stories out there. And, um, and maybe people, it's already happened to people, but let her know. Because you know what? Just reading these stories makes your day. Exactly. It makes your day. It's a, it can be a table book. A table book. Yes, coffee <laughs> table. Coffee table book. Yeah, absolutely. So her phone number is 408-292-7430. And her website is yesicansucceed.com. How is that for changing your day? Yeah. Especially if you start off in a very conscious way, thinking about what can I do, what are the ten actions. Some of them will be subtle, some of them will be in traffic, some of them will be with a smile, but count them. Do ten today and ten tomorrow. Send a card to someone. Pick up some flowers. 
drop off a plant. I mean, we've got St. Patty's Day coming up, right? Send somebody C's candy, especially if it's not from this area that might not have C's in their area. But what can you do with the things coming up randomly or consciously where you're all of a sudden you get this idea, so-and-so's in a nursing home. Can I just drop off a plant? Can I, I remember going to a nursing home once with a friend of mine who was a clown where she was giving um, a performance and she wanted a bunch of us to support her. And you know you don't have to be good at anything when you go into a nursing home. They are happy for anything. I mean, people who want to sing and don't feel that they have a good voice, go to a nursing home and sing. They love that kind of stuff. Practice with people around you. Small gestures. Enough small gestures become a larger gesture. And then it becomes something bigger. Practice the hundredth monkey. Wash your coconut. <laughs> and then give your coconut to someone else. You know, when when you do this, it's like not only that, but you become creative and oh, absolutely. thinking up new ways of doing things because you're able to spot things that really would make someone happy or, you know, just off the wall kind of thing. Yeah. Taz, I want to talk about a workshop I'm giving in April. I think it's the 7th. And it's called, um, I think I call it the Goddess Workshop. And I know that sounds like it's for women but I think it's really good for men to take this. We give a test. I talk about six Greek goddesses and their traits. And then we take a test, and based on the test, we find out what two top goddesses out of the six are guiding our life. And I think not only is this important in relationships, but I think it's important in business. When you know enough about these goddesses and where you are, then when you run into some of your clients that may be one of these goddesses, you would do things differently. So I'd like to just talk about, um, I'm going to have it on um, the 8th, the evening of the 8th. So the six goddesses are Athena, goddess of wisdom, Aphrodite, goddess of relationships, Artemis, goddess of nature and animals, Hera is the goddess of what's right. What are the neighbors thinking? Who cares? But anyway, that's Hera. Demeter is goddess of children and family. And Persephone is goddess of the underworld. Now, when you run across these people in a relationship, these goddess traits, you would treat them differently. For instance, if you had a client who was Artemis, and she wants to be out in the country. She wants to build her own log cabin. She doesn't mind being alone. She just doesn't know how to make a living out in the country. So she becomes a massage therapist and has to come into the city to do her work. But if you want to sell whatever your service or product is to her, the best way to reach her is to take her out for a hike a walk in the woods, take her to the ocean. I like to take um, my clients and my friends out for their birthday. I'm all about gifts that go away 
and I like to have experiences that create memories. So I'll either take them to San Juan Batista and spend the day there, or I'll take them down to Capitola and go out to Zelda's, and we'll have um, lunch or dinner and drinks. And Zelda's is right on the sand, their deck, and you're right by the water. And it makes a huge difference. You are going to reach, let me tell you, your competition isn't doing that. And if you will take the time, spend whatever money that it takes to get down there, stay there, get to know her, I don't even know that you have to talk business. Boy, that'll, that'll bat your eyelashes. <laughs> yeah. Or take Artemis into the woods for a hike. Yeah. Or oh. take her to a waterfall. You know, it would be creative. San Juan Batista isn't a well-kept secret. It's an hour south, and it's a beautiful little town, and they have a working mission there. I mean, it takes you back in time. Nobody else is doing that if that's one of your clients. Persephone's goddess of the underworld. She's the intuitive. You'd have to treat her a little bit differently. Um, Athena is, she's on the board of directors at Silicon Valley. She's goddess of wisdom. She's right up there. You could take her to, you know, a boardroom and just bring in lunch. And do your presentation there. That would make her very happy. Aphrodite, she's a relationship girl. She wants to be around other people and meet other people. Um, Today at my meeting, uh, the person that sat next to me, when I was talking about these um, conscious acts of kindness, he uh, bought my breakfast. And I didn't know it till I went to pay the bill. And I asked the um, I asked Denise. I said I didn't get my bill this morning, and she said Michael paid for you. And then he texted me. He said conscious act of kindness. It's so easy when you have more information. If you whatever you study, you will apply it to your life, and it will affect other people. I'm just saying, wash that coconut in ten different ways today. And tomorrow, take it all the way to the end of the month. And I think in April, some of these things will be habit. And you will automatically smile more. You will automatically open up your lane to let somebody in. You will consciously be aware of turning on your turn signals when you want to leave your lane. And you will always wave a thank you when somebody lets you in. You know, when you do this, it's automatic. It's like you go up a few notches. You do. You raise your vibration You raise level. your vibration. It's like you're pleased with yourself. Yes. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can feel my heart is really ticking and that I can really feel that I enjoy giving this kind of conscious uh, Conscious this, is the operative yeah, word. Yeah, to to the people around us. And, and to the planet. And to the planet because I always think of this tree, this huge tree with all these arms and everything else. And this huge tree on planet Earth is one trunk. And it goes down and it's encases yes. our whole planet. Yes. It is like we are all one. And we're nourishing this tree of love for ourselves, our family, our friends, our planet, so that we can embrace a new way 
create a new way for our planet no matter what. Um, I I just love what you do. Um, as always, it's it's awesome to have you with us. I mean, really, I mean, it really truly is. And uh, as the saying goes, there's no one that does it better. <laughs> I love <laughs> to empower and to inspire another to create that vision, your soul desires, and lift off to it and land it. I mean, literally landing it. And you do it so creatively. I uh, I bow to you. I um, uh, I really love what you do. Thank and, you. Um, let me let our listening audience know your name is Joyce Ann Pierce. And that's P-I-E-R-C-E. And your website is yesicansucceed.com. And your phone number is 408-292-7430. Thank you for being with us. It's been a real, real wonderful Thank day you, making our day out there, no matter where we are.